Hi, everyone. This is the Love Your Career podcast. I'm Lauren Severus, CEO of Love Recruitment and Love Care Recruitment. And the aim of this podcast is simple. We want to give you the best advice from industry professionals to help you grow and love your career. We want companies to be able to take guidance on improving their recruitment process and for individuals to pick up knowledge, hints, tips of how to progress their career. We do this by letting our guests tell their stories. Thank you for listening. Truly, we hope you learn to love your career. Hello and welcome to the Love Your Career podcast. I'm Lauren Severus. Today we've got a great episode uh, from a true friend of Love Recruitment, uh, James Lawrence, Managing Director of Lifestyle Fitness. James has progressed quite simply at a crazy speed and we're so happy to bring you a story, his journey, his entrepreneurial escapades and his learnings to the podcast, to this episode today. He talks about making sales calls from the age of 15, deciding on a balance of education versus work to become an owner and a management director. This episode is jam-packed with guidance, knowledge and tips for both employees and businesses. Really hope you enjoyed the story. This episode is clear, it's concise, and I wholeheartedly recommend anyone interested in loving their career to carry on with them. Thanks very much. Welcome to the Love Your Career podcast. Um, thank you for joining us. Today's guest, and I'm really, really happy to say, is James Lawrence, Managing Director of Lifestyle Fitness. Um, James is a true friend of Love Recruitment. Um, I've known James personally a long time, and I thoroughly respect your journey so far, your rapid growth, your great decision-making, entrepreneurial moves, and backing yourself. And I want to get into that a little bit as well. There's some times where you've backed yourself in your career so far. And I have a huge, huge amount of respect for that. And I don't say that lightly or flippantly. So thank you for joining us. And alongside all that, you're a thoroughly nice man as well. So <laughs> thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Good. Well, well um, I guess without further ado, we'll start with the question I always like to start with. There's a reason I always start with that because it's the Love Your Career podcast. I want to get into a career straight away. Have you loved yours? Yeah, I have. Listen, I've had some great opportunities. Um, I've met some great people. Um, like anyone, I think there have been bumps along the road, but ultimately, you know, working in an industry where we get to make a difference, it's a nice, it's a nice environment to work in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel, I feel lucky and I, I have enjoyed it. Love it. I, everyone's had those bumps. You, yeah. you articulated that perfectly. But I think overall, that's been a common theme for us so far, that yes, there's bumps. Of course there are. Of course there's ups and downs. Of but overall, it's embracing those, those, those bumps, as you articulately put it, yeah. as part of the journey and part of the process. Um, yeah. In terms of your career, obviously, I, I, I mentioned your, what, what you're doing now, obviously owning that business. But tell us how you got there. Yeah, sure, sure. So um, I'll start off from, from the early phase. So uh, like anyone started off with a few, doing a delivering a few newspapers. Um, before, I did too. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good place. Um, and then uh, took on a part-time job um, at my local gym um, where I worked for a couple of hours yeah. um, a week. Um, it did happen to be a lifestyle fitness gym. Of course. Um, so I do spend a couple of hours after school. Um, I'd start there, um, clean the gym, get everything ready. Um, so it opened in the afternoon. And then I'd spend an hour covering front of house. Um, and around the same time as I started, the gym had just had a, a redevelopment. Okay. Um, so the, the membership consultants were making phone calls and trying to get new new people to join back to the gym, the ex-members. Um, and I remember asking the manager, could I could I make some phone calls too? I quite like talking to people. Um, so he said, yeah, sure, if you, if you want to do it. Most people don't want to do it. Um, 
be my guest and, and actually I realized yeah I, I enjoyed that I liked explaining the benefits to people of why they should join back with us what you know why it would help them what we'd done um, and had a fair deal of success with that um, and then uh, a few weeks into doing that um, the owner and uh, chair Carl Grippenstadt um, spoke to Roland who's the manager and said uh, you know what's changed because your sales figures haven't been great for a while and um, things have improved and he said we've actually got a 15 year old boy um, making phone calls Amazing. he said uh, he said okay right well <laughs> I want to meet this guy um, which was which was amazing so um carl flew over from sweden he came pulled up at the, the school gym in his mercedes <laughs> and hopped out and uh, we had a meeting um, he just asked me you know what what are you doing how do you do it what do you nice. say to the customers it was really really nice and just asked me a little bit about me um and then said to me towards the end of the call you know would you like to come and work at some other leisure centers um do a similar sort of thing to what you've done here um and, and i remember quite poignantly at the end of that that meeting he said to me uh, you're, you're going to be my managing director one day can't um, we get, as a fifteen-year-old hearing that, absolutely yeah, crazy. Was, absolutely crazy. Yeah, it was. It was at the time. I mean, I, well, I, I thought it was definitely an opportunity. How I could did you feel that. when he said that at the time? Yeah, I mean, I thought, why not? Why can't I do that? Um, you know, he, he, he clearly, um, yeah, he, he thought it was possible, <laughs> or maybe he said it slightly jovially. But um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's a case of there's a long journey to go. But why? Why couldn't I do that? So. Completely. Um, and, as, as that, and, did that, and did that stay with you? It might sound a silly question. Of course it would. But did it stay with you through that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, there's times where, you know, you go through and as I said about the bumps in the journey, it's not, yeah. always, not always easy. There's sometimes, particularly times where management changed over the years and, you know, you kind of thought, is this still the right place for me to carry on my career or should I, should yeah. I change and develop? But actually kind of kept coming back to that thought of, Do you know what, no, there's an opportunity here one day to, to take, on, take on a large Amazing. role. So... Yeah, no, I, it, I guess the faith in that was one of the reasons why you, I know, I know you, mm. you started your own business during that time. I'm sure we'll get to yeah, that in a yeah, minute. Yeah. But you obviously have stayed at Lifestyle all, all through that time. Was, yeah. that, was that faith in that end, end goal what kept you there? Yeah, absolutely. I think I could, you know, I could always see, I could always see the opportunity to do that in the long Amazing. run. Um, and always, at times, always have, I've always been lucky to have a support network around me, which ha people have belief as absolutely. well. Absolutely. And that, and that certainly helped me. Those people kind of seeing it, and yeah. suggesting I can do it. So. Amazing. Um, so, so he's here, Mark G. You're progressing. Yeah. You're moving through the ranks. Yeah, absolutely. So I went, uh, went there, went off to. In the, that was at the site time where I was still in school holidays. So I went off in the summer, uh, travelled up to Stoke, travelled up to Carlisle. Forget on that. I'm um, still in school holidays at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we went. Yeah. So we just opened. It's around the time. Uh, it's uh, I think 2011 where. Um, uh, the likes of um, the gym group and Pure Gym had just started their rollout, and Carl also wanted to, was was into the twenty to open some twenty four seven gyms as well. Okay. Um, so I went off and helped with the pre sales at both those sites, um, which was great. Um, around that time, um, as you mentioned, also um, founded a small um, business with a guy I'd met at the um, at the, the, the original gym where I'd worked at. He was a, a Brentford footballer at the time. This is slightly before their Premier League days. They were. I think League Two or wherever it was, but um, we start, started a business, done five-a-side football leagues, um, grew that, did some activity camps for children, nice. um, opened at multiple centres, and then we thought it'd be a good idea to import Zorballs, I don't know if you played bubble football from, <laughs> from China, um, which probably not a great idea in hindsight, cost, cost quite a lot of money and didn't, didn't do so well. But you back that, yourself, that's, one, that's, yeah. a, that's the first example of backing yourself. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah so put all the savings in and ordered uh, 3,000 pounds worth of Zorbals. Um, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was fun anyway, we had a real good experience. Um, so, so that was kind of a busy period of working, um, 
doing the small business and at the same time um, education. And I think I, I got to a certain point with that where I realized that actually I still wanted to go and carry my education on. So nice. I, I, I kind of wound, I, I didn't stop any of them, but I wound them all down to okay. a stage where it was sustainable, went off, studied economics in Bristol. And it wasn't long before Carl offered me to come and come back and work on placement. Um, so I came back, worked on um, a series of projects for him. Um, and at the end of that year, he, he suggested that he wanted, he, at the time, wanted to open um, gyms across Finland, Sweden, Germany, um, and said to me, "Do you want to come back and look after the expansion um, through Europe?" So, yeah. Um, which was, yeah, really, you know, imagine that as a, you know, as a young of course, guy, quite, absolutely. That's quite exciting. The opportunity to travel, and also, you know, I'd seen him where he'd gone and looked at legends in the UK where he could open up. Um, it was quite an exciting thing to do. So, yeah, um, that was that was kind of set, and I planned that to be my course post um, uni. Um, and then sadly I got a call um, in the January just pre-starting um, and uh, it turned out Carl had died while he was away um, on business which very sad yeah, moment um, particularly someone that kind of put a lot of faith in, in early stage of my career and someone I thought would be a big part of my career um, was suddenly no longer there um, so so yeah and, and then um, Gordon who is managing director said you know, don't worry there's still a job for you here um, which was good. They'd stopped the European expansion quite rightly because, you know, the, the family uh, just needed to understand what was going on with the business. Of course. Um, and I came back, worked on some projects for Gordon um, before he suggested that he, I should take over as a cluster manager, um, which was, yeah, a real you know, eye-opening experience. Yeah. Um, and probably one of the biggest learning curves for me. I bet. Um, you stepped from a In role. the detail rather than... Massively yeah. in the detail and managing people. Um, that's you know, particularly from an early age, having not really done that up to this stage, yeah. it was some massive learnings there, and 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 that probably some of the bumps in the road. That was probably where I took some some lessons. You know, really, you know, understanding what your leadership style looks like. Um, and I think what I th found the key was to to be authentic to myself. I tried doing you know trying a few things where you're hard on people or you demand things of people, and that that ultimately doesn't work. You know, you need to be true to yourself and build relationships with people. You know, put marbles in the jar with them, and you know, create some some strong relationships so people want to, to want to work with you and work for you, and and ultimately drive to that goal. Yeah. So so that was that was a real 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 key learning there. Um, a few few months or, or years into that, um, the business brought on a non-exec director, uh, Tim Curtis, okay. um, who um, and now um, and the business with today. Um, and um, Tim joined from the likes of, he'd been at Mothercare, Halfords, um, some real big experience, been the managing director at a company called Land's End. Um, and okay. for, for me, that was a real boost because he gave me some real good, solid experience and, and kind of mentored me and guided me through that process. Absolutely. Um, so, so that was great. And over a number of years of doing that, um, I then moved into the commercial director role. Um, where I was responsible for sales, marketing, operations for the organisation. And by that stage, I was getting more comfortable managing people um, and leading a little bit more. Um, and then there was a plan put in place. Um, Gordon, who was the managing director, just, um, was keen to retire in a few years' time. Um, and, um, and the plan was put there that I could take over as managing director, which was which was amazing. The dream um, was still alive. The dream was still alive, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that was, it was meant to be a much slower journey um, yeah. than it was. It was meant to be, you know, kind of a, a five year handover where gradually like bit by bit take on more responsibility. Um, but that again, unfortunately wasn't, wasn't to be. Um, and Gordon, um, our managing director was killed in a motorbike accident. Um, yeah. So yeah, another real lesson I think of, of, of how short life like you know, life can be, and how, how you know how, how things can change very quickly. Hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was another you know another big moment where you had to really kind of step up. Um, but 
I think I was quite lucky. Um, Tim being in the business um, stepped into the role full time and, and took on and led the company and supported me through the process and allowed me to gradually just hand over. So there was, you still allowed that time to, to grow into it rather than rush? Because at that point, the easy thing would have been to turn around to you and go and do. And that could have presented yeah. difficulties yeah. For, both, for both sides. Absolutely. And that was, it was really great to what, you know, to be able to sit alongside him for me to gradually take yeah. on bit by bit, take on, you know, the responsibility for each area. I mean, we're talking over the course of nine months, you know, we're not talking a long, a long period, but it, it gave me an opportunity to manage, not to have to step in day one and then pick, pick this up because it was particularly a difficult time, you know. Exactly, for people, for people within the business. Emo yeah. You know, emotionally, for people that have been led by Gordon for a very long time, it was, it was very challenging. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for myself as well, you know, I worked very, very closely and yeah. led by him. So, um, so yeah, the cycle forward. Um, we're <laughs> three years in the role, um, just hit 30 finally. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've, um, yeah, we've conductor management buyout um, we've been through covid um, which was um, lots of challenges coming out of covid um, but massive learnings um, going through that period um, we've had the cost of living um, challenges that we've had recently um, so yeah it's been a, a slight baptism of fire in the in the role but I you know in some ways I wouldn't wouldn't change it for some of the things I've learned and took away from you may have noticed as you were speaking I've been scratching down a lot of questions <laughs> I do this a lot I, f I find threads I think I hope it will be interesting to people who are listening. I'm going to come right back and go forward again if that's sure, okay. Sure. One thing you said for and I we've had this conversation off the off off air before, but we've known each other a long time. When you said about the can I make calls too? Yeah. Such a rare thing. But my question is, is there a lesson there? Because one of the questions we always like to ask people is advice to people starting out. Um, but I think that advice can last can apply to mm. everybody. Is mm. there a lesson there? From a 15-year-old turning around going, can I make calls too? Yeah. To now an owner, a manager, director of that business. I realize that I can't apply to everybody. But there is, there is a lesson there, isn't there? Well, I, yeah, I think I think boiling it down and what's always worked for me is being keen and being hungry. Yeah. Um, and wanting to take that, you know, wanting to take the opportunity. And I think for anyone in that early stage of your career, just, you know, take on anything that comes your way. If it's an opportunity to go to a conference to network, it might be uncomfortable, but actually, you know, you you make contacts. And I mean, I, again, when I, when I first started network, and I found it very, very uncomfortable. But, you know, a number of years later doing it, you build a network out and it just gets a bit easier each time. Um, just in general with you know with opportunities that come your way I think just being keen and hungry is um, a real real great thing to try and it's do it's another example of backing yourself the long time long as I've known you that keeps coming up I said to you before we started when we first sat down I just love chatting to you because the way you articulate <laughs> stuff it's such a simple way of articulating it but every there's so many examples of that it's much about the balls earlier can I make courses backing yourself and then jump I said to you I jump one into the other jump back to the management buyout. That's mm. not an easy thing to contemplate, never mind actually backing yourself to do. Was yeah. it quite an exciting thing to do? Was it quite a challenge? It was, yeah. How did you get yourself in that mind space to do it? It was massively, I, th I think there was an, there was an opportunity um, with, uh, you know, po post Carl, I think the business, um, you know, they, they wanted uh, to look at where, where's the next step. And ultimately um, there was trust in the people that, that were managing the business day to day. Um, so we, we thought actually how do we provide the funding for growth and to drive the business forward and, and for us the best way was to take it forward, you know, looked after by management. So, you know, today the whole management team um, own a stake in the business um, and yeah, that was a, but again, a great, great process to go through, you know, there's so much you have to do there with, you know, due diligence of the business, you have to basically go out and find someone that's prepared to support you in that process. 
Um, and again, that's uh, yeah, it was a it was a very very fun process. But again, that's not it's not easy. You know, you don't get someone to walk along and go, yeah, off you go, crack on. You know, you have to go do a bit of a beauty parade and find a number of people that are prepared to support. But yeah, ultimately we, we did, and it's been a it's been a great journey. And uh, I think for the whole management team, you really feel like you're you know you're growing something for the future. Was that mentorship around you of the of obviously the gentleman mentioned earlier was mm. having that was that critical to have those people around you? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know going going to to Tim I think you know for me he's taught me some valuable valuable lessons I think you know Tim takes a very long-term view of things and very much it's about um, creating you know creating goodwill um, creating satisfaction whether that be through our, our partners whether that be through our customers um, and you know some of those things actually really really help just to take things steady and, and look at things from a quite a long-term perspective rather yeah. than in the just looking at everything in the here and now okay two more questions about your career if that's okay then, mm, we, then, then we'll move on slightly what I find, what I found really interesting as you were speaking, mm. and something that I think I've struggled with in the past, and, I'm, and if two people have said that, I'm sure more people listen to have as well. It's that balance between having the long-term aspiration of where you want to get to, but not allowing that to take over completely what you need to do on a on a much shorter term. Can you talk about how how you cope with that? How you cope with that balance? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. I, I think that's the. It's, it's great to be focused on that long term and what you want to deliver ultimately, and that's where you need to stick to. And we've got. I've got very long term goals now of where I want to see the business, but today what do I need to do today what's on the agenda today and the most important thing is you know some of the smaller the smaller things and getting them right and that goes back to what I did then you know when I was cluster manager I still wanted to get to managing director but what was really important then was you know finding the right staff to do the role supporting those people in their day-to-day -day, dealing with you know smaller issues of the day you have to stay really really focused on each yeah. and everything you do um, whilst trying to keep an eye on the bigger picture um, and, I, and I think that's something I'm try I've been trying to, to learn and develop now and, and very much the analogy users kind of being captain of the ship and moving from um, being in the engine room where you can look at the, de you can be really in the minutiae of details. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm real one for KPIs. So, you know, I, I, I could tell you almost what, what figures all of our club performed, all 24 clubs performed yesterday yeah. um, and know that detail. But sometimes you have to try and step off of that detail and not be quite involved in every slight detail that the team get on with that and kind of as the captain walk to the top of the deck and look out um, as well so look at any icebergs ahead strategize um, and really try and keep keep focused on that but being able to intertwine between the two Love getting that. back there back Jack there. Shakespeare spoke about that when he, when he was sat in that chair mm. he called it um, look up and look out yeah. it was that kind of so important to have to be able to do that yeah. it's you have to go through the journey you can't get to that point without being in the engine room at some point 100%. you have to understand how things work to be able to look at an overview yeah. and be able to see those little things. Completely agree. Thank you for being so so mm. transparent with that. I think that's a lesson people forget sometimes. So if I just focus on the end goal, that's, I'm gonna, it mm. doesn't work like that. You've got yeah. to achieve today. One of the phrases I try to remind myself of sometimes is you can't achieve anything without achieving today. Yeah, sure. You have to, the, every, everything's a stepping stone. Everything's a marker post to go through to get to where you might be striving to go. But what, last thing I say on that point, I found really interesting, despite achieving the goal we spoke so much about about being the manager director about owning your own business the first thing you said was I've still got lo loads of long term goals it doesn't stop does it no I, oh, exactly <laughs> it just has, and I think that the day you stop doing that is probably the day you stop developing you know? yeah. and I think or being content 100% yeah and I don't think that's, I should mistake that I'm sorry we're being content today because yeah. I you know I feel very lucky to do what I do today and I still I love my Lovely. job I, you know, I love today but yeah. I still want to you know, keep progressing and keep going forwards I think okay. it's healthy to, to do so okay 
As I did say those two questions. Finish mm. off the one that's on this section here. What's been your best career decision to date? Um, I I think despite so despite all of the all the like the work um, goals I've achieved, I think actually sticking through university um, nice. and, and carrying that on. I know I know there was a stage where um, I remember when I just was finishing the placement off and Carl wanted me to get on with the European expansion quite early. He said to me, you know, don't, you don't need to, you don't need to do that final year at university, you know, but what can we do to make it attractive for you to stay? And he, he meant that in the, the kindest respect, but I think, you know, sticking strong and saying, I've started something, I need to finish it. And there's, there's so much I, I take from education that I still use today. And I think there's always a thing where people are, like, oh, you know, I've, I learned all these things, which I never use, but actually a lot of the, the techniques and, you know, the ability to analyze, the nice. ability to evaluate, um, yeah, it came, it came from that. So, I mean, and that's not the same for everybody. Everyone's got their own, you know, their own journey they want to go on and the way their own brain works. Not education is not for everyone. But for me, I think um, one of my best decisions was to see that through and continue that because it was it was quite tempting when there's some money dangled in front of you to, to not do that. But actually, it's, you know, oh, I'm so close and I've already got this role, but actually, you know, it stands me in good stead for, for life. Love that. Thank you so much. Today's podcast is sponsored by Share the Love. Share the Love is our way of making a difference. For every placement we make with love recruitment or love care recruitment, we plant 50 trees. To find out more, head to our Share the Love section of one of our websites. So in your journey so far, you've clearly worked with and come across, led, worked for, some really great people in your mm. career. Are there any consistent traits in people that you regard as really good at what they do, great at what they do? Yeah, um, I keep it quite simple. I think re you know reliability. People nice. that you just know you can trust to do the job. They're good people, and and I'm I'm really lucky. I've got a, a group of them around me now. Um, so you know, to simplify, if you're imagine you're in a game of rugby and you're running along with the rugby ball, can you throw the ball back and know someone's going to catch it and try and get to the try line and have the skill nice. and ability to get to the try line? And I think those people are really, really valuable. And if you can make yourself one of those people, I think you're ultra employable. And uh, you know, a number of friends I know who are like that as well. You see in their careers, they're doing very well and they're succeeding because they're just those people that your business wants. What a great answer. That's different to what we've had so far. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess there's a similarity, but that is a thank you. That was a really good. It's, it's stopped me speaking, mm. which mm. it's been a rare thing for me on this podcast <laughs> so far. I do speak a lot. That's a really, really good example. I guess it might it might tie in, mm. might be a similar theme. Mm. But in terms, of if we then go on to one thing, I really want this podcast to be is a pe place where people can get advice about yeah. how they can kick their career on, whether they're early stages that just starting out with a middle management we're looking to get into one of their own site with their own site want to get the regional uh, or kick into that C-suite type type area so can you can, can I pick your brain a bit on, yeah, on those course, areas so I guess let's start with that early stage you you might turn around and go John it's the same all the way through but yeah. early stages just starting out what kind of advice would you give yeah, I think I'm gonna. Um, I'll go uh, talk. Go back to what I was kind of talking with earlier around the Absolutely. like the the keenness and the hunger. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think being being curious. Yeah. Um, I think is really really key. So those people looking to take the step next steps, you know, be curious, ask ask questions, ask the right you know ask the wrong questions and ask the right questions. You know, you'll find yeah. it come. Just there, ask the I questions. Think. <laughs> Just ask the questions. Exactly. You know why? You know, don't be scared to challenge. Why are we doing it this way? Could it be done differently? Um, and that I think that's something we try and encourage through the business now is actually we don't mind where any idea comes from. Um, 
we want the best ideas and i think by being curious i think that really really helps you to to find you know again get get seen you know be asking those questions where you can make changes to an organization make the organization better um so so yeah i think that being curious and just nice. ge generally being keen and hungry i think you know always taking that opportunity you make yourself um you'll help help yourself progress amazing and does that evolve or change or just have a different context the higher you go the more levels you progress through yeah don't get quite as far as c-suite yet so i imagine that would probably be a little bit different but as you move into the ranks does, does the advice change does the onus of the advice change yeah i think i think there's different i think it starts to become slightly you know slightly more complex as you as you kind of step through um step through the different roles um i think still you know a keenness and hunger comes in Absolutely. but i think um real real concentration as you step through around how you develop your your team how you um move the move people forwards as opposed to just yourself i think then starts to become quite key in those roles okay and then the last stage so in terms of stepping into that where you've obviously done at a young age rapid a rapid speed yeah what advice would you give to people who may be in that kind of senior regional type role but really want to make that step but maybe have been frustrated or preparing for it yeah i i think general feedback anyone anyone wanting to, to step into that kind of c-suite or director level is probably having a ability to understand the the business at a, a wider level um so you know in in those roles you have to be able to communicate with a number of stakeholders absolutely um so you know for your customers you need to ultimately always be in control of your customers and close to your customers um your team then those are the people that deliver for your customers as well um but also there's other stakeholders it starts as you start to kind of step up you've got um a, maybe a board or a management team that you need to be able to communicate with them the right information um you might have financiers that you need to be able to communicate and you communicate to them in a slightly different way to maybe how you communicate to your your team you know they may be interested in more financial information um, and more high level information around um, what's going on in your day to day and i think being able to kind of zoom in and zoom out yeah um, with those different um th those different stakeholders is quite key as you kind of step through into the next one amazing really <laughs> i keep saying good advice it really is um <laughs> So in terms of someone putting together a CV as well, what you see, you must have seen, dare I say hundreds of yeah, <laughs> yeah. CVs over the years. What, what are the common things that work really well? What do you look for in a CV? What's good on a CV? Um, I think, you know, to, I, I don't see quite as many CVs now as I probably have seen in different roles, but I think just general advice when, when you're looking to apply for a role is to really think about the recruiters, the recruiters problem nice. um, in a nutshell. So what, yeah. what, what is it the recruiters trying to solve? And I think looking through the, the advert for, for signposts, um, maybe in there and I think really thinking about your skills and abilities your talents and how you can help the recruiter um, in solving some of those challenges um, I think is, is is key and again you make yourself ultra employable if you can I am um, the two two things that jump out when you gave that answer I always do with the three things somebody at the end you just said one of the things already yeah thinking about the recruiters problem it's just genius it's exactly so simple but it's so true it's probably going to end up being the, the bit that we, we send out as the recording with the words coming up yeah. as well <laughs> that, was, that was a great clip and great advice so thank you for that um, how about someone to they've put their CV together it solved the recruiter's problem they've been invited in for an interview interview tips how can people carry themselves in a way or be in an interview in a way that's going to 
uh, you think your advice is to give them the best chance of being successful yeah. in the interview? Um, I think probably understanding the people that you're being interviewed by. Um, obviously, was mentioned with 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 knowing what what challenges they might might have. Yeah. Um, but I think really reading reading the room when you're in an interview. Um, learn you know knowing to how to how to answer questions and to pick up and to see you know if you're maybe rambling, just read your read body language there yeah. and maybe just bring bring yourself back to it. Um, and I think just be natural and ask questions. You know, everyone's a everyone's a human in that room. Everyone wants to wants you to succeed because they want to find the right person for the role so I think just you know going into that and remain trying to remain confident and trying nice. to be relaxed and, and ultimately you're, you're trying to help them in, in their goal too Do you have a go-to question when, when you were kind of interviewing on a, on a more frequent basis? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily a go-to question, but I think probably what I'm always keen to try and understand is more about the candidate just generally, just try no, and get the person's mindset, how they work, how they attack um, problems, and, and just generally, generally about get to know them. And are they, you know, always get, we go on to, with, with us, we want people that are right cultural fit to join our organisation. So yeah. as much as somebody being able to to kind of tick the specifics on, on, on what we need, we actually want someone that fits as part of the team and can... Um, can ultimately hopefully come and grow their careers with us. So nice. I think I think those are the probably important things we always look for. Nice. Do you, do you have a kind of a, a way of doing that? A way to is it, is it about a gut feeling when you when you look for culture? For me, that that sometimes is the case. It's quite hard to sometimes articulate. Yeah. What you're looking for when you, when people say culture. Do you have a, is, mm. there, is there a methodology for we, that? Or? Uh, we, well, there, I think there is probably one in, in, in how you assess it, but also we've done things in the past or we've maybe bought, you know, we've had a, them come and meet the team as well. Yeah. Um, and kind of gone around and, you know, got, got to kind of, them to get some feedback from our own team how do that how have they interacted and just not this isn't necessarily they're not being interviewed by the team but just meeting them and getting the feel for them and just getting some some general feedback okay um as well which has been quite key i i make it quite clear when i talk about the summary of this podcast that for me it's always been about two things um by understanding someone's story which you've articulated brilliant say so thank you i always wanted to help two groups of people the first group we've covered quite a lot, I think, and please feel free for anyone to ask questions, they can ask, ask us afterwards. But the other side of it is businesses, interviewers, mm. hiring managers. Yeah. Do you, in terms of your journey, your life, your learnings, I know you, obviously mm. you, you focus on that a lot. Is there any advice you'd give to maybe to businesses in terms of their recruitment processes and yeah. how they can be better at it moving forward? Yeah, I think being, being thorough. Okay. Um, being thorough in what you do. So if you're going to put a job advert together, I think taking time to really consider that job advert. Um, consider who you're, you know, it's marketing in effect. Who are you marketing to? Who are you trying to attract for this role? Um, and that what you know, what sort of people do you want to come forward? Making sure the job ads clear to 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 those people. Yeah. Um, making sure your expectations are quite clear in the job ad. Nice. Um, so that 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 moves on to shortlisting. You know, making sure that you're taking time with your shortlisting. Um, maybe think um, think slightly outside the box. Does everybody have to tick every single um, box on there, or can you actually? give it a bit of a shot and give a couple of people a go and try and understand because you might we've been surprised before you know we mm. found people that maybe didn't have, quite have the experience but demonstrated a lot of the characteristics we thought we were looking for and actually yeah just needed a little bit of skill, skills and some, some training and development yeah. um, and they've been great fits for us and, and, and gone on to do some great things in the company Amazing. Um, and, and then that goes on to how you, you interview um, and, and, and for me also um, how we reference sometimes not necessarily referencing but 
one of the things we've done quite successfully is when we've mostly with with key hires, but I think it works generally is to to speak with their referees and actually just understand what is it to set that person up with success. Nice. Um, so what makes that person tick? What maybe you know even in you know go as far as in remuneration and packages how you set some of that out, but but more so just in the general day to day. What do you do that gets the best out of that person? How do they like to be? Um, supported and, and mentored and I think yeah, that, that ultimately can help the person start off well that's a brand new thing for Love, Love Your Career podcast as well that's <laughs> the first time that's been mentioned as well so thank you we, we keep getting that in terms of recruitment changes all the time it mm. has done all the time that I've done it even when I was not in recruitment but I was in club land hiring people it constantly evolves and changes that's clearly a good thing everything always has to I think in more recent times, the speed of it's increased even more. In mm. lots of ways, not just technology, but power of the decision and the narrative, et cetera, et cetera. I will get to a question, I promise. Um, have there been any, any developments in an area where recruitment changes that, 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 that have been good for you, that you've seen, that have worked for you? Um, I, I, have, I have to say, uh, one, one specific I can probably point to is we've, um, we've had kind of some some mini video clips come to us from candidates yeah. um, when we've done recruitment, I think actually with yourselves, um, <laughs> which have been, which has been really, really helpful. Um, I think, you know, it, it helps to under kind of what we were meant, I was mentioning before about some of those candidates maybe don't tick every box on paper necessarily, but you can see somebody's persona come across. And, and I think that for me has been, has been very, very good when we've done that. And I and I think it's it's ultimately just helped helped us to find who who we think we want, but also allowed us to understand the candidate a bit more before we've um, before we've interviewed. So I think that's a, probably a, as a development necessarily um, something that, that that's helped. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I know it's I know it's hard for the candidate and you know jumping on camera. And I don't I'm not particularly I don't, you know even doing this now. It's not my it's not my <laughs> area of comfort. But actually, I think it's uh, it's good and it, it, it helps just everyone in the process. So. I think before um before the pandemic. Um, that was incredibly prevalent. It was it was very very tough to get people to jump onto a video call and do a video interview. It was mm. very very tough. Yes. I even found it a little bit uncomfortable being mm. the interviewer during mm. that during mm. that time. Mm. But since the pandemic, it's obviously it's much more of of a of, of an uptake of Zoom etc etc. People people are very comfortable doing it now, so yeah. it makes it much easier. So from a candidate point of view as well, we've seen equal benefit and equal appetites from candidates as well as clients for video interviews. Um, there's, a, there's an episode coming out soon um, I, where I'm, I'm actually the, the, the guest and um, Craig Jones asked me, my answer to that question is exactly the same as the one you gave. Mm -hmm. For me, I think video interviews have added so much. Now these things will evolve and change, will be different AI things will, will, will develop over the course of the next couple of years, I'm certain, but mm -hmm. in terms of that adding value to our clients, yeah. I've, I've got no any negative feedback about it whatsoever. It just adds value yeah. in decision-making speed. Because sometimes the first interviews, well, you might have five interviews booked in. That's five, six hours of yeah, your day absolutely. gone. That's basically your day gone in terms yeah. of preparation, feedback afterwards. It's a day gone. Whereas you can watch five videos yeah. and get a really good impression about those people, if not better, in a fraction of the time. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, and actually, and, and not the words in your mouth. And it also for, for the candidate, you know, sometimes you're okay. You're still, I know you're still nervous on camera, but you can re-record a few times if you're yeah, doing a still you. video there. So actually, it gives you a chance to maybe give your best version of yourself where you're not. And quite that's so critical. Nervous. And, that's, um, and that's what you know. You, you just want to understand. You know, and want to see people's best version. Exactly. Um, and I think and that, it's helped with that. And I hope you don't mind me saying to come no. back to your answer about the process about making sure the, the process is thorough. You, if you have a strong process that you do give candidates 
the best chance of being successful yeah. and you give your hiring managers the best chance to make a great decision Andy Thompson talks about that and obviously in his podcast as well but I completely agree with you um, in terms of if someone me asking about, about the candidate journey I think it's important in modern day recruitment as well mm. is that important do you, yeah. do you place yeah. a high value on that as well yeah absolutely I mean it's, it's a two way street recruitment you know we're trying to find the right people for us but we you know clearly candidates trying to find the right, pl- the right place for them to work yeah. um, and I think making sure that you know the candidate has a good journey that they feel comfortable in the process um, that they are communicated with um, is very key. So I think if you know if you want to find good people, and that's ultimately what we want to do, we might be up against other employers as well who have got some other exciting opportunities out, and we want to make sure we're we're the front runner for talent to come and join us. Yeah. So um, ultimately, I think making sure that journey, same way as we care about our customer journey, and we think about how all of our our customers come you know interact with our business, and we want to make sure candidates have a great experience. Because even if we don't recruit this time maybe the next time round it works for them and if they've had a bad experience they're not going to want to apply for a job with your business anymore love that um in terms of we talked about all the positivities what people do need to do in mm. the interview process and the cv process have you ever come across those almost those no-nos a little bit of not not the not the funny comedy stories but are there consistent things that you think can hold good people back that they might be doing without even realizing does that make sense? Yeah, it 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 it, it does. Um, I I think for the answer I give is is, is one 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 example is um, I think people often being very that, probably that keenness and hunger I mentioned earlier and taking each stage at a time and I think sometimes you know people will come into the interview and I've had you know questions like oh I want to be a regional manager what do I need to do to do that and which is which is fine and that ultimately that's where we want people to go is to take that next step but I think as long as it's not misinterpreted with actually concentrating on that role because yeah. you know you, you're recruiting for that role and you want someone to come in and do a really great job in that role and you want someone ambitious and hungry but as we said concentrate on each step do a great job in what you do and then hopefully that stuff comes anyway so I think just being really focused on on that job you're going for now you know making sure you're solving the recruiter's current problem that that for me is probably the key love it I'm conscious of you're an incredibly busy man, so I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to start, start to bring it to a close if you don't mind. But a couple of, couple of final questions. One of them, and if not the most important one that I love asking towards the end, is what's, what's the one thing? It's people have, I'm certain, scratching down a lot of stuff of what you said today, but what's the one thing that you would leave people with from this, from this process? Um, I, I think probably, as I mentioned, you know, being able to spot opportunities is very, very key. Um, and I think, you know, by being able to spot opportunities, it's helped turn different situations around. So if you're in a meeting when things are difficult, actually, you could spot an opportunity for how you solve that problem. Or maybe it's spotting an opportunity where you could make a sale mm. or it's spotting an opportunity where you could get a new gym. You know, there's, there's, there's different opportunities arise all the time. But I think that boils back to being curious and asking the right questions. And I think if you can do that, ask the right questions and get the right information, it gives you the best opportunity to, to spot those opportunities, not to not only spot them, but be able to take them too. Nice, thank you so much. And I always ask to find, the focus I always ask is people to, always looking to get to, to hear of inspiring people around them. So if there was somebody you would recommend as a guest for Love Your Career, who would that person be? Who would you recommend? 
Um, oh, I've got lots of lots of people that I, I know that are good. I think one one I'd recommend um, only because I know he's been involved in multiple businesses. He's been involved as an operator and as a supplier. Um, but a gentleman called Andy K. Okay. Um, who he, he works with uh, Pro Insight. Yeah, actually absolutely. on the board with Pro Insight. Yeah, yeah. But um, and, and he he was involved um, with a couple of clubs, thirty six degrees before. But lots of experience in lots of different um, organisations. So I I recommend having a chat. I will certainly reach out. Thank you so much, so, so much for your time today. Uh, it did not disappoint in the slightest. It was everything I hoped it would be. We've covered, if not if not even more so. So honestly, for those listening, I hope people got lots and lots of notes from it. Thank you so much for your time. Highly valuable. Uh, and I really, really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks, Lawrence. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed doing that with James. I thought it was an absolutely uh, exceptional one. And I'm really, really thankful for James for coming in and giving us his time and knowledge and story that brought some of those things to life. As usual, here are my three three things uh, from that episode. My first point was about how often it was quite clear that he backed himself to make this calls at age 15, to do the management buyout, to make the entrepreneurial decisions. He backed himself continuously and had that self-confidence. They didn't always get it right. Not him, but generally, they always get it right. But backing, backing yourself takes you so far. We obviously heard that within Tide's podcast as well. If you missed that one, do check that one out. My second one is very similar to what Jack Shakespeare um, spoke about in terms of looking up and looking out. It was James's captain analogy about going up and looking out. Um, I've just been reading a fantastic book called uh, Great by Choice. And in that, they talk, talk about zooming out and zooming in again. And I think that really encaptures the, the, the story that James had said and brings around a lot of knowledge and guidance within that. My last one is, I said I would highlight this one within the episode itself, is thinking about the recruiter's problem when you're putting together a CV. Take the time and care enough about your CV and your preparation to think about the recruiter's problem and then carry that into the process. If you can solve a recruiter's problem, then you're likely have to have a better chance of getting the role. Thanks very much for, for, for James's time. Really enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next time. This is the Love Your Career podcast. The point of this podcast is simple. Listen to leaders, their stories, and improve your career.